This City Wire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. Scottish Mortgage is considered the flagship trust of Edinburgh-based investment managers Bailey Gifford and is the UK's largest investment trust. As with any investment, please note capital is at risk. To find out more, please visit scottishmortgageit.com. Hello, my name is Sean Schaefer and welcome to The Wealth Show from CityWare. In this episode, I spoke with Stephen Yu, manager of the Blue Well Growth Fund. Stephen spoke about his narrow escape from both Meta and PayPal, with both companies recording disappointing results last week, causing their share prices to nosedive. Meta had been a top three holding in the Blue Well strategy only a matter of months ago. Facebook was one of the largest holdings before you sold out of the stock. Why did you decide to sell it before its recent results were released? And and did you completely sell out of the stock? Yeah, so Facebook has been uh, a holding in the fund since we started in September 17. And over the last couple of years that Facebook, I mean, you people would have noticed that it has been in the top 10 holdings for most of the time. But I think last year, uh, running into this year, that we started to have some concerns about the iOS changes uh, in privacy space. And at the same time, it just increased competition from different social media platforms such as TikTok. And I think the most important trigger late last year was when Facebook or Matt uh, decided to change the name to Meta, which implied that they're going to spend so much money in building it the metaverse that might materialize at some point and assuming that they could be the winner, which is uncertain. And I think all this matter does come together that is that create uncertainty. And the way that we go about uh, sizing our holdings or assessing the thesis is once a quarter, we will do a preview before the results. And I think it's just coming into this quarter before they they reported this week that we decided that maybe it's time to to exit our position because I think the thesis is a bit violated or maybe we we do have a less conviction in terms of how Facebook is going to play uh, uh, perform going forward. So that shift to the metaverse um, does that mean you're quite cynical on the prospects for the metaverse? Yeah, I think that is that's a big debate, isn't it? I mean, I'm a believer of a metaverse at some point, I mean, maybe in my lifetime. But I think the question with the metaverse is how long it's going to take before it materialized in a sizable way, which means that most people would use it in a way that it become quite profitable business or a platform. But a question for Facebook is because they don't own the operating system, such as, let's say, the Apple iOS or the Android owned by Google, they have to do something from scratch. And as we already know that Apple and Google and also Microsoft are working on something similar. So when you have a company which basically Facebook spent about $10 billion last year, and they're going to continue to spend tens of billion dollars in the next many years until the metaverse materialize, that we don't actually know whether they could become the ultimate winner. Because if they do, then it makes sense that you might want to invest into Facebook or Meta because they would be able to become the market leader within the metaverse. But the problem is that 
the starting competitive positioning in that space, given that they don't own the mobile operating system, is probably a bit weaker. So, so I think from a shareholder perspective or from our perspective that we like certainty, we like something that is tangible. I mean, we do like the, the digital advertising business within Facebook in a way, but I think the metaverse is very much of an unknown. So, so I think I'm a believer in the metaverse, but whether Facebook is going to be the ultimate winner uh, from the metaverse, I'm not sure. Hmm. So obviously an astonishing amount has been wiped off its market cap, about $200 billion there. Um, you know, looking at the flip side with that significant dip, is there a bit of a buying opportunity there? Yeah, I think that that is something that we do monitor closely uh, because, uh, I mean, from I mean, our approach basically covers about 100 companies in our universe. And at any one point in time, we invest into the best of 25 or 35 companies. At the moment, we have about 25 companies in the fund. And where Facebook sits now is it, it goes back to our universe that we monitor very closely. And I think at some point, maybe give it another, I don't know, a year or two, I think when things started to clear out and, and we get a better picture of where the company is going to head towards, then maybe we can justify the valuation. But at the moment, whatever you're looking at, surely the shares is down over 20% this week. But then it doesn't mean that it's gone cheaper because I think the, the certainty of the earnings growth trajectory in the next five years is very unclear. And you just can't put a number in it now, given the uncertainty. But I'm sure at some point, if Zuckerberg, the management team, continue to do a good job or maybe manage to recover from where they, they are here now, then it could become attractive again. But, but it's just at the moment, it's unclear. And did you completely sell out of the stock? Because it was a, a very high holding in your in your fund beforehand, sort of approaching seven percent of the portfolio. Yeah, so so we we had uh, Facebook as a top ten holding last year, and I think approaching this year, it was no longer in the top ten given our concerns. So by the time that we exited the position completely, uh, uh, just before the results, it was only about one percent. Zuckerberg was talking about the growth of TikTok as a competitor. I mean, are, are you likely to invest in one of Meta's, Meta's competitors? I don't think there are many competitors because, I, firstly, you can't actually you know, snap, invest in snap TikTok. Snapchat, you can... <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, we, we wouldn't, obviously, because I, I think the... I think the I think the compact so let, let's go back slightly. So TikTok, you can't invest into that directly because it's unquoted. Uh, and then secondly, I think Snapchat or even Twitter or maybe Pinterest, they are too small, too small as in not just the company itself, but in terms of their competitive positioning, in terms of how they how well entrenched they are within the digital advertising space, is not is quite small. I mean, they're not a market leader because I mean even. Facebook is, has not done well in market, I mean, in share price terms, but they still uh, a significant player within the digital advertising kind of do, I mean, dollars. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, they do, I mean, they compete directly with Google, et cetera. But what we actually like now within the digital advertising space, which is one of our top 10 that we have been adding to it is Google or Alphabet. And I think Alphabet in a way that, we think, I mean, we have held Alphabet or Google over the last four years since we started. And and currently Google is sitting in our top 10. 
And I think historically throughout our journey, you would have hear people saying, oh, Google is a fang, Facebook is a fang, Netflix is a fang, or oh, all the fangs does well at the same time, or they don't do well at the same time, etc. But I think what happened recently with the, uh, the demise of Facebook and PayPal and also Netflix, in contrast to the very strong set of results from Google, then I think you probably, it's fair to say that maybe Google or Alphabet have graduated from the FANG phenomenon that is actually proven to be a much stronger and better quality company than it appears to be before. So I think from this point onwards that Google on an equivalent basis could be could I mean could come I mean could be similar to Microsoft. Moving on to you, you mentioned PayPal there as well. Why did you sell out of that stock before the these these results where the shares tumbled by about a quarter? Yeah, so we, we were quite fortunate as well in, in the context of PayPal, but in terms of our process in terms uh sizing the position, uh revisiting the thesis before the quarterly earnings, etc. I mean that is the same as what we have done for Facebook. But then the problem with with PayPal is like we have a couple of issues. I think one is they is increased competition within the payment space because if you recall uh when PayPal was spin off from eBay in 2015, there wasn't there weren't many I mean I think PayPal was a de facto payment wallet in a digital space. But since then, we have seen Apple Pay, Google Pay, Android Pay. I mean, maybe there's, there's so many different wallets out there. And PayPal no longer is the dominant, dominant leader within the digital payment space. I mean, it's still quite decent company, but it just increased competitions. And then secondly, we didn't like the Pinterest, the rumor Pinterest deal last year that we thought like is is a massive change of direction in terms of what we expect PayPal should do or should focus on. Luckily, that deal didn't happen, but I think it destroyed a lot of credibility for the company in terms of the outlook. You mentioned these other wallets coming into play, sort of Apple Pay, Amazon, etc., Android Pay. Um, You know, is the writing on the wall for PayPal? Who, Who, why is there a demand for PayPal at all? Uh, that, I think that the answer to that is less. <laughs> the, 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 the competition means that, that there's just more choices for consumers, and and I think what what you I mean if you I mean if you follow PayPal, I think what they're trying to do is they they try to make PayPal wallet as like a super app. So they introduced the crypto trade, uh, crypto trading. You can buy Bitcoin on PayPal's wallet. You can uh, sort of a bit like Revolut. Yeah, you can do buy now or pay later. And I think at some point this year, they're going to introduce stock trading like Robinhood, that you can do some sort of Robinhood on PayPal as well. But I think the problem with all these uh, and and theory services is they are not going to be significant in terms of uh, profit-making opportunity for PayPal. It's really just to keep people engaged within the app. The last but not least, which I think is more of an ongoing concern from today, is the credibility of the management team. So Dan Shawman has been running the company since the spin-off. He has been one of the most well-respected and I think in our context, uh, exceptional uh, CEO over the course of the last many years. But if you look at where the share price of PayPal now post uh, for this week, that basically it tracked the NASDAQ 100 index since 2015. 
So what he's saying or implying is Ben Shorman, despite his exceptional contribution to the success of PayPal, that he has not delivered outperformance for shareholders. And he is now 64 this year. He's been running the company for the last eight years. Is he going to retire? It's likely. Who is is that uh, a credible succession planning within PayPal? Zero, in to our knowledge. No one could step up to the big shoes within PayPal. So if he does retire in the next, I don't know, couple of years or maybe next, I don't know, next couple of quarters, then maybe it's more likely that they need to get someone external to run the company, some high-profile candidate. But then it's unclear what this person might do. Let's move on to Amazon. Obviously, you sold out of Amazon last year. Um, the share price is now creeping back up again. Um, it's uh, you know it's saying that it's ra- going to raise the the price of Prime membership. The market's been pretty positive on that. Um, strong growth in its cloud business. Are you experiencing sellers' remorse there? Yeah, no, uh, probably not. I mean, obviously, I think if you're just looking at the share price in itself, I mean that probably paints a different picture. I mean, we always want to just own shares that goes up rather than goes down. I, I, I think that's just uh, mathematical. But I think if you focus on the fundamental of the business, I think nothing has changed from our perspective. Because I think the thing is like, yes, I think they the, the cloud business, AWS, has, has not done badly. But if you look, if you compare the AWS performance versus Microsoft Azure and Google Cloud uh, that reported over the last two weeks, I mean, they, the, the numbers are much stronger in, in those two companies versus Microsoft, sorry, versus Amazon AWS on a relative basis. And then secondly, the retail business is never that attractive to start with. And if you put it in numbers term, in terms of how much price is going to raise for the prime subscribers, about, uh, I think, $20 a year, number of users in the US, I mean, that doesn't actually cover the cost, the, the increased cost of running a retail business, because I mean, you would think that we are literally going, if we're in the US, our prime subscribers, we're going to pay about $2 more per month to be a prime member. But what you get as a prime member is the same day delivery, maybe even the one hour delivery. If you live in New York, you get the prime uh, video subscription for free. There's a lot of freebies. And that $2 a month, I'm not sure whether it covers the increase in wages for warehousing, the logistics and all that stuff. I mean, obviously, I mean, we track our competitor, direct competitor quite closely. And, and so, I, you, know, you know that Terry has gone to Amazon late last year. Which is probably going right, but the but but if you look at his recent top ten, that he does have both PayPal and Facebook on his top ten, which I think from my estimate is over ten percent of the fund in total. Do you think that's now a bit of a differentiator between you two you now? I I mean I think in terms of the kind of I, I mean I, I wouldn't say that we we are a bit more or in sync with some of this opportunity because we are a bit younger relatively to to his generation but but it's funny isn't it because like paypal facebook and amazon has been a top has i mean had been in the fund since we started and i think terry added uh, facebook maybe a bit a year late after we we started the fund and then he recently added amazon which we exited and then he still have Facebook and PayPal on his top 10. And then we have completely exited and, and look at the share price performance. And then also he recently added Alphabet, which is quite interesting. Isn't it? I mean, it's a good company. So, so we, would, we, would, we, we would think that that's a good decision. But I mean, he could have added that four years ago. I mean, 
nothing have changed. But anyway, it just I think it's a different implementation of philosophy. But but I think the the yeah. But I think the question the the questionable holdings now is really PayPal and Facebook. So obviously you've cut a couple of companies for, from your portfolio. Some some pretty major ho- holdings there. What are you doing to fill the void? Um, so we we have increased our position in some of our existing names, such as Alphabet, Google, that we like, and also Nvidia. I think we we might I, I might have talked about this before already. A new top ten last year, and then recently we also introduced a new top ten to uh, to the fund, uh, Charles Schwab, which is the largest investment platform in the U.S. I mean, we like the synergies they're doing with uh, TD Ameritrade. At the same time, I think they would be a net beneficiary from interest rate going up uh, from this point onwards. So, and the valuation is looking very attractive in its own way. So, so that is somewhere, uh, uh, some places that we have redeployed uh, the capital into. Moving on with the, the interest rate comments, obviously you're running a, a growth fund in an inflationary world. Um, you know, are, are there any, how do you do that? Are there any plans to pivot away from some of your tech names at all? I think the, I, I think the, I mean, it's a big question. This, this is, I mean, it's a big topic to discuss because I think if you, you, you follow what happened in January or even including uh, some some weeks in February uh, this year, is there's been a big sell-off of companies that appear to, I mean, to to be grouped into the same bucket as like a growthy, like or tech branded company. But I think what you are going to see from this point onwards is there's going to be a massive differentiation between growthy tech, highly profitable business model versus growthy tech that is unprofitable or speculative. And I think the good, I mean, the example that I would I would use as a proxy is the, the ARC ETF run by Kathy Wood in the US. I mean, just look at how much of that ETF in terms of share price has fallen is over 50% over the last six to nine months. But then many of these companies that she owned, I, I would probably speculate could disappear because the competitive positioning is very weak to start with secondly they're just burning cash to try to build a business from from nowhere and hoping that at some point they are going to be the dominant leader in that market but it's unproven so i think when you have the inflation issue which will lead to interest rate going up then a lot of this risk or speculative asset would get repriced but the question is equally microsoft shares what has been sold down uh, throughout the last many uh, couple of weeks but if you look at the fundamental of Microsoft, that nothing has changed. And I think the recent acquisition, uh, uh, announced acquisition that they're going to acquire uh, Activision shows the strength. I mean, they're going to pay $70 billion, which you can argue that maybe they're overpaying given the market environment. But that $70 billion is basically the cash that's sitting on the balance sheet doing nothing. And Activision uh, with, itself... With, with that deal as well, are, are you... Concerned that it might not go through. It might not some, go. Yeah, know, it might not go through. But but either way, it's not going to move a needle <laughs> too much for Microsoft. I mean, if it goes through, I think it would be beneficial because it will be earnings accretive of a few percent. It's still not very significant. But at the same time, I think it strengthened the Xbox business, which is really doing doing really well for Microsoft. But then if they haven't got it, I mean, it's still fine. I mean, Microsoft will still do what it does. Well, Stephen, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. 
Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.